Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Husbands and fathers, you need to hear this next conversation. Wives and mothers, this is a must-listen episode with your spouse. Trust me, you will thank us later. You guys, we had the privilege of talking to the founder of the Daddy Saturday Foundation, Justin Bat. Like myself, you are probably thinking, what is the Daddy Saturday Foundation? I was too. As a dad, this man and his story punched me right in the face. As you will hear, Justin talks about an epidemic called fatherlessness. Folks, what percentage of kids do you think live in a home without their biological father? It's probably higher than what you think. And as Justin points out, then how many more kids live in a home with their biological father, but their dads are completely disengaged from their lives? Yes. Like dads who live on their phones or play video games or go golfing all day on Saturday instead of spending intentional time with their kids and families. You guys, this is an incredible conversation with Justin Bat that you don't want to miss. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Russell & Associates. This financial services firm in New Albany, Ohio, specializes in retirement planning and asset management. Check out their website at russellandcompany.com. There you can download your free copy of the Justin Case Book that will help prepare you for your future. Thank you, Russell & Associates, for being a proud sponsor of Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Steph. This is going to be amazing. I think you're going to take a lot of pointers from this. I I could absolutely use them. I think so. And thankfully, a prior guest, Bob Bodine, is the one who introduced us to this next guest. So this is going to be absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Well, friends, our next guest is a husband, father of four, author, book publisher, TED Talk speaker, Spartan obstacle course race athlete. I love that. Farmer, (laughs) and apparently does not sleep. (laughs) He is also founder of the Daddy Saturday Foundation, which is an incredible organization that focuses on fatherhood and family values. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Justin Bat. Oh, welcome. So good to be on with y'all. So excited to be here. Oh, he's Southern. He is, Where yes. are you from? I hear y'all in there. Oh, my goodness. Well, so I'm from Ohio. What? But yeah. You didn't know this? No, where I told are you, you this. from? Maybe I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Northwest Ohio. What? Bryan, Ohio. Sh- I, I told you softball this. up in Bryan, Ohio. That is awesome. I told you this story. I might have been asleep. So yes, he's originally from Bryan, Ohio. And then tell Steph all the other places you have lived. Yeah. So, so Steph, I mean, the cool thing about Bryan is that it's home of the Etch-A-Sketch and the Dum Dum Sucker. So it's two <laughs> things that everybody knows. <laughs> when you're talking to people outside of Ohio, they're like, you know, where's Bryan? I would normally say Toledo. But I'd say it's home of the Etch-A-Sketch and the Dum Dum. So two things that are my small town's claim to fame. <laughs> and then I traveled south for Southern weather, Southern women, Southern food, and Southern football, which is where I picked up the y'all, which is in Clemson University. So I was a Clemson Tiger oh. with my wife. And then we spent most of our married life and life with our kids in the Carolinas. We were in Charleston, South Carolina for the last six and a half years, and then just moved to south of Nashville, Tennessee, where I picked up the title of farmer. And uh, now I have a farm we call True South Farm, just south of Nashville and been here for about a year and a half. What do you guys farm? 
So technically, I'm a rancher, really, if we're going to define it, because I have 13 Highland cows, the shaggy cows, the chip game. Yes. Cows, and we have uh, two American miniature ponies and some doodles, labradoodles, Bernie doodles. And we're adding to the, the mix every day. So I knew nothing about cows. And now all of a sudden, we have 13 of them and, and they're multiplying. I love that. Okay. Forgive me, Justin. This conversation was not intended to be about cows and farming. Okay. <laughs> However... What is a Highland cow? How is that different from a like a dairy cow? Oh. Do you know? Of course I know what a Highland cow is. What is it? It's the ones that they're like, like he said, they're shaggier. They have like hair down here and they have horns. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And we breed them and they mostly go to hobby farms or other breeders, right? That want to breed miniature Highland cows, which is what we have. And so they're they're typically used for those purposes. They're not made for beef or for dairy like, you know, a dairy cow or an Angus would be. As we get into the story, uh, we have Daddy Saturday Kenya. And over in Kenya, a cow is a big deal for a family. It provides nourishment through the milk. They use the manure for fertilizer for their gardens. And then if someone gets married, oftentimes a calf will be given as a bride cow, which is a big deal. Like that's how a guy actually gets his wife over in Kenya, right? They'll give him a cow or two. And that's how he gets the girl. So we give a cow to our Kenya program or donate a cow through the program so that those in Kenya can have a cow for everyone we sell. Oh, I love that. Okay. That leads me to another question about cows. How do you get the cow over to Kenya? Yeah. So that I was trying to say that in there. I was going to say, how do you ship a cow? Um, we don't. So we sell the cow here and then the funds go to purchase a cow for a family in Kenya. <laughs> That's a lot easier than Yeah. No, we don't shipping a we don't cow ship over. the cow over there. You talk about blondes. Like I, you Well, when it comes to farming and animals, yes. I understand that, but sometimes your questions. Gosh, how do you ship a cow to Kenya? <laughs> Dear God. You know what, though? It's funny. I get asked that question all the time when I say that. They're like, how do you get the cows to Kenya? And I'm like, uh, we don't. <laughs> we buy one over there. Come on. Oh my gosh. So, I do need your help, though, Justin. You are a father of four. I'm a father of three. And Steph here will leave me and our children home alone without any supervision all the time. And it just drives me crazy. So, this has happened to you, right? And all kidding aside, your wife started a business a few years ago and started leaving you home alone with your kids every Saturday. So, can you tell us about your family and what happened when you had every Saturday alone with your four children? Yeah. So Heather started off as a teacher and I was in pharmaceutical sales and had the plans to, to take that route. Well, she left teaching and decided to open a couture bridal store. I supported her as a woman going in business and being an entrepreneur. And we had our daughter at the same time. So we named the store after her, Hayden Olivia Bridal in Charlotte, North Carolina, 14 years ago. And I was at home with a little baby girl all by myself on Saturdays as Heather was working in her store, starting you know a new business venture. We added three boys to the mix every two years. So then it was four kids at home all day on Saturdays while she's working at the store. And I descended to my career quite a bit at that point, was traveling a lot for work. And so to support my wife, of course, I loved that time with my kids and our kids on Saturdays, but often found that I would be, I had a dad hangover, I called it. You know, you're frustrated, tired, exhausted at the end of the week, and you got to pick yourself up on Saturday morning and spend eight or 10 hours with your kids which is amazing in and of itself, but it's eight or 10 hours with your kids. And Kevin, like you said, I mean, it's exhausting, right? And we wanted it to be fun and engaging. And and what I found was that if I loafed my way into a Saturday, I didn't have a plan or a game plan, then it just didn't typically turn out well. 
And the kids either wanted to just kind of veg out and hang out or we'd kind of meander through our day, but it wasn't intentional. We weren't building epic memories together. And I knew that's what I wanted. So God smacked me upside the head one Saturday and he said, Justin, I'm going to give you a choice. Are your kids a blessing or a burden? Are they an inconvenience or an assignment? That's your choice of giving this time with your kids. How are you going to use it? And so I started to do R&D, which I call rip off and deploy. I'd go find these ideas on YouTube or other areas, and I would then try and implement those with our kids. And we'd create massive slip and slides and obstacle courses and slime battles and pickup truck, hot tubs and bubble wrap battles and you name it in our backyard. And we'd spend the day just having fun, creating memories. And I'd have a plan every one of those Saturdays. And before you knew it, the kids middle of the week would be going, dad, what are we doing for Saturday? What are we doing for Saturday in our time together? And they were all pumped up about it. I'd get them all hyped up in the morning with music and we'd really get into it. <laughs> and like they're walking into a stadium, right? <laughs> and one of those Saturdays, my middle son, Mason, uh, goes, dad, what are we doing for daddy Saturday? And I was like, yes, that's it. You just named it, son. We're claiming it. Like that's going to be our story. And so that was what it was in those early days. It was just dad and his four kids hanging out in the backyard around the community, using what we had to create epic memories and and have fun together. And the principle there was intentionality. It was just having a plan. And if I had the plan, and even if it was 30 minutes, right, it just set the day up for success because we would walk into it with a theme and then the rest of the day would just kind of take its course from there. And it was typically good. The only thing was I'm not a handy guy. I am no Chip Gaines if we keep referencing Chip. And so some of the things that we would do required me to try and build things. And so often those would end in drastic failure and everything would implode. And that was part of the fun, right? The kids would laugh at me and and sometimes they would be able to do it better than I would. And those days where we had to pivot often turned into be some of our best daddy Saturdays. So that progressed over time and the neighborhood started to take notice. The community took notice. And I just recognized that Kevin, I had a formula for how to engage your kids intentionally, not just on Saturdays, but every single day and the time that you have with them. Because our time is so limited with our kids. And that led to the beginning of the platform and the launch of what is Daddy Saturday today. So what were some of the things then that you plan with the kids, right? So you're being resourceful. It's initially what I have in my backyard and praying that whatever I build is not going to injure one of my children or one of the neighbor kids, right? So what were some of the fun things that you did in the backyard with your kids? So the, the top ones the kids talk about all the time are the bubble wrap battle. We went to, to Lowe's Home Improvement and we got the giant, I mean, the, the monster rolls of bubble wrap. And I created these bubble wrap suits, literally just wrapped the kids up entirely. They look like, <laughs> they look like giant Ninja Turtles. They were also green. Hayden, my daughter, had the pink bubble wrap, of course. And they were like sumo suits of bubble wrap. So they would go on our trampoline and just collide against each other and run around the yard. We had jousting sticks like American Gladiators. And, you know, they would just have a blast in the bubble wrap. And then eventually they'd end up in the pool and they'd just be floating in the bubble wrap. (laughs) And so we got hours of fun with the bubble wrap and the duct tape. And so, you know, very, very affordable and yet a ton of fun. And the the memories, the videos, the photos, they're certainly priceless. Uh, A slime battle was another big one. We got the the giant like bathtub slime where we filled these five gallon buckets full of this, this green oozing slime. And we had baby pools. And so they would stand on a ladder and they'd dump it on top of me. And then we'd do it to each other. We'd fill up the baby pools of slime. And then the slip and slide was slime. And we would just have like this all out slime battle and war in our backyard. And it was a, a huge mess, but a ton of fun. 
obstacle course after obstacle course. Okay. Um, created a million different, you know, racetracks and used everything we you can think of, skateboards and rollerblades with the the blowers, like the the gas blowers to race down the, the street with our chalk <laughs> racetrack. Um, we'd literally shut down the road with cones so no traffic could come through because Daddy Saturday's happening like on our street. <laughs> and uh, pickup truck hot tub was another fun one where we I rented a pickup truck before I was a farmer, did not have a pickup truck. And we put baby pools in the back, filled them up with water, water balloons. We had the music going, driving around our neighborhoods. It's like, it's like a golf cart community at the time and so safe. And the kids are throwing water balloons at their friends and just going in the back of the truck in what they thought were hot tubs. And um, it was amazing. So those are a couple of the highlights. You know, we've had so many over the years, but those are the ones that kids typically reference when asked that question. Steph, how good would Justin be here at planning a family reunion? Oh, absolutely. He would be so good at that, whether yeah. it's the slime or... Oh, gosh. The first thing you said, the bubble wrap. Okay. I have a question. As a mom, when you said slime, I internally cringe <laughs> because all I can think of, like, you can't get it out. It's hard. Coming home and your yes. house is destroyed. So your wife came home and she looked in the backyard. Is it cleaned up or is it like, surprise, we've had a great day. Welcome home. That. Yes. So so here's what's really cool about the, the principle, right? There, in those early days, kind of when I was going through the blessing or burden dialogue internally, um, there were times where we would have fun together and there would be toys strewn throughout the yard. And I'm walking around by myself in the afternoon, picking all of them up going, this is why I had four kids so I could have help, right? Why am I doing this by myself right now? And, and that was the point of having so many children. And at that moment, they felt like a burden. But that's when I realized like the aching in my back and every toy I was picking up was a memory we had together, right? And so it's how you look at it. It's the mindset. And so that changed over the years, but it also created the opportunity for us to teach our kids about the values like responsibility and accountability and leave it better than you found it, which is one of our core principles in our home. And so if we go out and have a slime battle, like we can have all the fun we want. We can make the biggest mess in the world. But when mom gets home, it's all got to be better than when she left. And that's part of the principle. And so the kids really engaged in that. And, you know, we would go to, to go get flowers and there were times we cooked dinner and they, you know, they were the chefs for Heather when she got home and we'd have a dinner together and the kids helped in that. So there were so many things that we did and still do around that to make sure that they understand that principle. And it has been a guiding component to our, our family going forward. So Daddy Saturdays helped you know, bring a lot of those values to light because there's life lessons and you know the activity piece of it all in one. And if you do a good job, you can weave them together, which is what we try and do. Steph, he's talking your language about. Oh my gosh, I love him. Coming home yes. better than when you left. Better than when I left. <laughs> love that. As a mom, I mean, I am gone a lot working. And to come home and knowing that you guys had the best time together, and then the house is picked up and you have a day, like I'm sure your wife has long days. She's dealing with brides that sometimes are very hard to please, right? And then she comes home and if there's house is a mess and the kids are hungry, like it's hard. I'm sure it is. So I love that he does that. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay, I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is gonna be honest with me and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Now, another thing that Justin does, and I, I listened to a 
I think it was your TED Talk, right? And you talked about going on dates with your kids and being intentional. And one thing you did mention was winner's travel. Can you talk about the winner's travel that you have started a tradition for your family? Yeah. And so also, I want to comment one thing Steph said, because I think it's really important, right? So Steph, like, there's a lot of, of moms and wives that don't travel. Mm-hmm. And so they're home with the kids all week long. And then on Saturdays, they still may be around or in the home. And so I also, for your listeners, it's a great way to give mom a break. So Daddy Saturday is also a way where for a couple of hours, right, mom can go and get a mani-pedi or go have coffee with a friend or go take a nap, go shopping, like whatever it is. Well, dad engages the kids. And of course, you leave it better than you found it. So when mom gets home, it is all picked up. I just wanted to make that comment because sometimes people look at this and they go eight or 10 hours. Like I got to go a full day. I typically say it doesn't have to be expensive, extravagant or extraordinary to be epic. This has to be intentional. Or Justin, you can have your wife go to quote a Bible study (laughs) and then come to find out when she comes home three hours later and you start asking her about the Bible study. I know where this is going. Come to find out, no, 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 no. It's mom's getting together for coffee and donuts. That's what this was. And so I start making fun of your Bible study group. Yes. And then the next time I see these women, they're asking me, hey, if you have any prayer requests, please let us know ahead of time Uh for our Bible study. So that's another option your wife can participate in. There you go. I love it. No, that's great. Well, so winner's travel, to answer your question, is a principle that um, Evander Holyfield told the Clemson football team before they went to their first playoff game, which was that, hey, winners travel, losers stay home. So just the fact that you guys are traveling to go to the playoffs makes you winners. And there's a a good friend of mine, Dr. Clay Lauder, who has a foundation entitled that. And he gives these trips away to people who are going to special needs kids or caretakers. And he gives trips to them to go and travel and experience things they never would before. And so I loved that concept. And I thought, how can we apply that to parenting? And I looked back with time with our kids and I said, when they get to be 18 and out of the home, what are they going to remember, right? There's lots and lots and lots of micro moments. And what did I remember as a kid? And I remembered our big vacations. I remembered when we traveled as a family and I thought, how cool we're going to do this as a family. But what if I took trips with just me and my kids one-on-one, just dad. And so our plan is 10, 13, and 16 years old during that year of that birthday they get to pick anywhere they want to go in the U.S. at 10, U.S. or surrounding islands at 13, anywhere in the world at 16. And you know that's the way that we've chosen to do it. And, and we're blessed financially. And I work hard to be able to make that happen. It's not cheap with four kids. But again, it doesn't have to be expensive, extravagant, or extraordinary for you in planning it. The core principle is it's one-on-one time with dad on a trip. You go somewhere. The kids plan the whole thing. They take it within reason. They've never once taken it to the extreme or out of context. We've taken our daughter, Hayden Olivia. I took her to New York the first time. That's where she wanted to go. We saw three Broadway shows in three days. Uh, Wicked was her favorite of all of those. We ate at some amazing restaurants. She got to go to the birthplace of hip hop. She was a dancer at the time. And we had so much fun in 72 hours in New York City. Watching her eyes in Times Square the first time is a memory I will never forget. Just a young girl, 10 years old, the bright lights, the big city. We went to L.A., Uh, We got to go and meet one of her role models, Stephen Twitch boss, who's Ellen DeGeneres' DJ. Again, she's a big dancer, so love Twitch. He agreed to meet us. I reached out on Instagram and he said, love to meet you guys. He was following Daddy Saturday, had read the book. Wow. We're walking to go meet Twitch and 
we run into Sadie Robertson on <laughs> and Christian on the sidewalk, who's like her real role model. Like she loves Sadie. She goes, Dad, that's Sadie Robertson. I'm like, go say hi. So she grabs Sadie and Sadie and Christian come over. We talked for like 10 minutes. They were so gracious, amazing. We gave them a copy of Daddy Saturday and said, Hey, one day you guys will need this. You don't have kids now, but eventually, and now they have their daughter, honey. So how cool, right? And Christian and I have connected since, but so amazing, right? And so on those trips, um, we've had so much fun, just Hayden and I, and as a dad and daughter, what an amazing way to connect. And what I can tell you is in those 72 hours in each of those trips, we typically do it three days. I have learned so much about my daughter and it's expanded our relationship at home because we have that special connection where if she needs something, then I can go back to one of those moments of a conversation we had in those trips and it disconnects for us. And then my son, Blaine, um, we went to Dallas. He wanted to go to the world's largest water park, this 80,000 square foot indoor water park. Then he wanted to go hunting. And I have a friend who has a 200 acre ranch invited us out and Blaine shot a bighorn ram on his first hunt ever with one shot and like the most amazing thing. And he got it mounted and we just got the head like a couple of weeks ago. So now we have this giant ram head in our home um, (laughs) as well as a memory to go back to. So clearly different, right? Broadway versus water parks and hunting. And then my son, Mason at 10 wants to go uh, helicopter hog hunting, which is another thing in Dallas. (laughs) Really? And and also do the water park and then go race Lamborghinis on a racetrack. So like, look, I mean, that's what they plan. That's what they want to do. It's within reason for the budget that we're able to set. But I think the key there, right, is to go back and look at your family and say, is it even just over in the town next door? What can I do intentionally to do one-on-one time with my kids? But I really believe it's super important to spend that time one-on-one, extend it with your kids and go travel. Well, I had heard you say one time that like the first daddy-daughter date that you went on, right? You took your your daughter to a, a fancy meal and then went for ice cream and then you pull out your receipts and you're like, I just spent $70. And you're kind of like, Oh, I shouldn't have spent that much money. And then you realized I just invested $70 in my daughter in something that she's going to remember. You're like, okay, that was well worth $70 for those memories. And the other thing it reminds me of Justin is when Steph and I got married, we were probably three, four years into our marriage. And we took a marriage class at our church called marriage on the rock with Jimmy Evans. And one of the things he mentioned was he's like, okay, folks, List the top five favorite toys you got as a kid for Christmas. And he's like, you might be able to get two, three, a Nintendo or Teddy Ruxpin or or whatever, but you're going to struggle to come up with five. He's like, okay, folks, now I want you to rattle off the top five trips or vacations that you went on as a family. And immediately you're like, okay, Cedar Point, Six Flags, uh, camping with my family, going to the ocean, going to the beach for the first time. And you can rattle off all these things. And the point was, as a parent, you need to focus your resources and your budget on things that's going to matter, that your kids are going to remember. And like you're talking about the experiences with your kids, they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. You're not going to remember oh, I spent X amount of dollars on going to the world's largest indoor water park. You're going to remember the experience you have with your son. Mm -hmm. And they're going to remember that for the rest of your life. Kevin, you're nailing it. And and so here's the thing, right? This is another core principle of Daddy Saturday. And that is don't be your kid's hero, be their guide. Um, And here's why, because like, you're probably hearing me say this and there's people on this that are listening that, that have dad envy, or they're like, oh my gosh, like Justin's this great dad. I mess up all the time. Like, the reason I'm a good dad is because I'm super intentional. And it also causes me to make a lot more mistakes because I'm in proximity all the time with my kids. Right. So I fail all the time. 
My kids view me as their hero. They always will, but I don't try to be their hero. That's the point. I'd rather be their guide. I let them experience success or failure on their own, and I guide them along through that process. But here's what that does. It causes you to lower your ego and allow other people to come into your kids' lives that have expertise in areas or provide experiences that you could never provide them for yourself. So it sounds like you know I'm paying all this money to go and do all these things with my kids. And I mean, those are just some of them. There's so many more, but it's been from other people who are experts in those areas, like the ranch, like we stayed for free because my friend owns the ranch. He poured into my son. I don't know much about hunting, big game hunting. Nonetheless, he showed my son how to shoot guns and taught him how to do all of that. Like that experience cost me nothing, but gained me everything. And then you can be the same thing for other dads and their kids as well. Friends, we just want to take a moment here to say thank you to all you loyal listeners. Ah, you guys, we just found out that Tell Us a Good Story is now in the top 1.5% of all podcasts worldwide. And that is because of you guys sharing with your family and friends on social media and giving us positive reviews on all the podcast platforms. And if your friends ask, just tell them they can get our entire catalog of episodes at kevinandsteph.com or wherever they like to get their podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. You mentioned briefly about failing, how yes. your kids fail. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So, so we actually have failure Fridays in our home. And then something new that we've just incorporated over the last six months is at dinner, we do high, low, and buffalo. You got to name what's your high, what's your low, and what's your buffalo for the day. And your buffalo is, you know, buffaloes run into the storm. They don't run away from it. And so what's something that you had to run into or that you failed at that you had to try to overcome during the day? That was something hard you had to complete. And so we're, we encourage that in our home. I, w- I wouldn't say we celebrate failure, but we celebrate the process of failing and learning from that and moving forward. So it is something that we encourage and we want to recognize and acknowledge in our home. And you know, it's amazing to see our kids because I see these young adults in their 20s and 30s. And when they fail, it's catastrophic. They've never been allowed to fail. And they've been this perfectionism society or their parents have prevented that from happening. And I've seen it now manifest in adulthood. And it's a, it's a significant issue. It's a big issue in the millennial population today just because many of them have never experienced substantial or significant failure. And so I encourage failure at eight versus failure at 28, right? It's mostly not catastrophic and kids can recover from those micro failures when they're young and they learn the same lessons they're going to learn when they're older. It just doesn't have the same impact and they learn how to recover and move through the process of failure. So I set up opportunities for kids to fail all the time and I do it intentionally because I want to see them work through that process. And it's amazing. And yeah, they still cry when they're younger. They get mad when they don't do something right or they, they get upset, but it allows us to put it in context. And the other piece of that as a parent is we put relationship over results. I grew up in a very results-driven home. My dad was amazing, but my dad a lot of times would give me love or affirmation based on my performance on the field. And so how I performed dictated the amount of love or affirmation that I got or received from my father. And so with our kids, I've tried to take the opposite approach and put the relationship over the results. So regardless of whether they hit a home run or strike out, we're still going to get ice cream after the game because the relationship is the most important thing. And that's an amazing lesson that as a, as a parent, I've had to learn from, right? And I've failed in that many times. But when you have failure as a core principle of, of learning from that as a family, and your kids also see you modeling it, because Kevin and I talked about this, far more is caught than taught with your kids. It's super important for them to see you modeling that too. So if you're failing and they see you making mistakes, but then learning from it and growing, 
they tend to do the same thing as well. So I love what you call failure Fridays. And like you just said, you're not concerned about the result. You're concerned about encouraging your kids to try something out of their comfort zone. What did you try and fail at this week? You've got to tell me something you failed at because that proves you actually made an effort to try something new instead of being a helicopter parent, a snowplow parent, like you talked about the millennials. And I absolutely love that you do that, that you intentionally want your kids to just try because of what they're going to learn through that. They're going to become resilient adults through what they're learning as kids. Yeah, that, that word right there, resiliency, we're having resilient kids, I think is so critical. Because look, our, our whole mission as parents should be to raise good kids that become great adults. We don't want to see great kids. People say, you have great kids. I'm like, that's fine. I'd rather have good kids. I want them to be great adults because it's those skill sets they learn, right? If you don't have discipline or if you're not disciplined as a child, then you don't have self-discipline as an adult. Um, if you're not learning from failure as a child, then you have catastrophic failure as an adult. So it's all about learning and teaching those principles and values when they're younger so that when they get older, they're able to, to put those into place. So Failure Fridays is one of the things that we do. I also encourage our kids to do hard things and to overcome obstacles. That's why we love Spartan races. Um, every day in the morning before school, we walk up and down our hill. It's a quarter mile up and back. And we call it driveway devotionals. And it's a short way that I can spend eight or 10 minutes with, with our kids before we all start our day. They go to school and I go to work and we connect. We talk about a core principle in life or in, in the Bible. And you know we have a good time talking, laughing and get to look at the cows and be out in nature and get a little exercise. Top of the hill is steep. I don't care how good a shape you're in. You're, you're huffing and puffing at the very top because the incline is very, very sharp. And our kids, when they get to that point, most people would say it's the hard part. Our kids say, hey, we're about to hit the easy part because it's a mindset matter, right? And they overcome something hard at the beginning of their day because look, in life, we face hard things. In life, we're going to have failures. In life, there'll be obstacles put in our path. And so they're able to overcome something and they know, hey, I did that. So I know I can do this. On Wednesdays, we do heavy day hump day and I carry a hundred pounds sandbag on my back and they carry sandbags. <laughs> And my wife, we used to carry rocks, but they kept getting the, their clothes all dirty and, and she didn't like it. So how we do these sandbags. And you know, it's because sometimes in life, things get extra hard. So again, how do you overcome that? And at first they were like, this is miserable. We hate this. And now they asked to do it. And now they're out there before I am most of the time ready to go. And I can tell you in eight or 10 minutes a day over time, that has compounded. And I've seen the results of those life lessons of our kids in sports and other things and just their resiliency. And it's, they've grown immensely and it's a small investment doing something intentional and you don't have to make your kids climb hills with sandbags, but you can focus on how could you do something every single day, walk around the school with your kids and just talk before they go in. That would be an investment and you'll see the huge dividends. So Justin is like a modern day Rocky here. He's out <laughs> dealing with hills, rocks, He's got sandbags. And by the way, Justin, I, I want to thank you. The Zoom call we're on right now is showing you from your neck up. So I appreciate you not showing from the neck down and how chiseled your physique is from these <laughs> hump day and all these daily devotionals. So thank you for doing that, sir. But I want to talk about Daddy Saturday Foundation. And I read some statistics here off your website. So stuff, according to the National Center for Fathering, students in grades 1 through 12... 39% live in homes absent from their biological fathers. Mm. 39%. And then millions of kids have dads who are physically present. But Justin brings up a great point. How many of them 
are actually emotionally absent. They're there in person, but they're not engaged. Well, I mean, how many dads are on their phones? Yes. Like playing video games. Or playing video games. Or in my case, watching football, right? And I mean, a lot of dads are guilty of that, of not Mm -hmm. being as engaged that they should and not being as intentional. So the other stat that Justin has pointed out here is those affected by fatherlessness have a four times greater likelihood of living in poverty, two times more likely to be a high school dropout, and more likely to have a teenage pregnancy, abuse drugs, commit a crime, or go to prison. Mm. So, Justin, can you tell us about the Daddy Saturday Foundation and what you've started that focuses on this epidemic that you call of fatherlessness? So, what I realized, and and I had a recipe that in my own backyard that I could take and replicate and help other dads not fall in the same traps that I did. I found in the statistics that you just read that there were a lot of epidemics across the world, but fatherlessness was the key epidemic that was the root of a lot of the societal ills that we were facing today. And while I couldn't solve everything, I could do a lot to make a dent in what I felt like was my life purpose and passion and calling. And I'd been given this fatherhood mantle with my own kids. And how could I use that to help other dads claim that same mantle and make that impact in their own families, but then also help the kids who don't have that father figure in their life to make impact in their lives as well. And so I did a TEDx and that really opened my eyes to the epidemic. I really did research on the statistics and saw that there was a lot of challenges out there and I had a solution and then decided to write the book, which was simply a field manual for fatherhood. And, you know, most dads were not given the handbook on here's how you be a great dad. Well, I don't have all the answers, but I do know a lot about being an intentional and engaged dad. And I've seen the success in my own family. And so that's what that book is, right? It's my failures. It's some of my successes. And it's a simple way to help dads do that. And then we launched the the platform to say, okay, how do we address both sides of that? The dad who's in the home, who seems to be re-engaged with his family, but also help the kids who don't have a father figure in their home. And I didn't know what to do at the time. I just knew that I had to take care of the dad, the kid, the person sitting in front of me and help them. And if I did that and I served my own family well, then it could potentially go far larger than that. And here's the cool thing. like This is our story. So if you want to hear the root of our story, of a good story, it's that at that moment, I was given this vision. And it was a vision of a stadium filled with dads and kids interacting, having fun together, playing, and then taking that back and going to their homes, their communities, their backyards, and doing the same thing. And I didn't know what the vision was. I just knew it was in this massive stadium. So I put on the back of the book is this stadium. It's filled up. And uh, what's so cool now is that four years later, the stadium behind me, for those of you who can see me, is at the Hall of Fame Village, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. And it's going to be filled with dads and kids this Father's Day weekend doing exactly the vision that I was given four years ago. And so a lot's transpired in between then. But what we figured out was that if we could create large events, provide experiences, education, and use technology, we could impact fatherlessness on both sides of that coin. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Justin, tell us about the Fatherhood Festival then, and it's Father's Day weekend. Walk us through what you have planned for the Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday morning there in Canton. 
so what we what we essentially look to do is say, how do we take what I did in, in the backyard with the kids all those years and how do we replicate that on a mass scale and teach other people to do the exact same thing? So help the dads engage with their kids one-on-one using football and life skills to make that happen. How do we also um, help those kids who don't have a father figure in the home engage with a father figure during the day and have that experience for the first time? And then how do we help that continue on beyond just that initial event? In addition to that, we didn't want to leave the moms out. So we have a mom's huddle. And the moms are going to get Manny Petties. They're going to be able to um, do some Potter Puff in Football 101, learn some of the techniques of football and some of the life skills as well that these, these kids will undergo. So it's a family-focused event. And you know, oftentimes people look at me and they're like, you're so focused on the dads. What about the single moms and the moms that are out there? Well, we do try and serve them all. While my, my heart, my remit, obviously, is for the, the role of the father. So it's a Kurt Warner's American Underdog movie, Under the Lights. It'll be the largest screening of that movie to date. We'll have Hall of Famers there, NFL alumni, some active players who will all be mingling amongst the crowd. Um, the dads and the moms are rotating through those stations with their kids. And then that evening, uh, we culminate in an overtime experience where a player will share their testimony. And then we move into a concert with Jordan Davis, country music star, who also sings by Dirt with Luke Bryan, which will be an amazing country concert there in the stadium. Then on Sunday, we have a brunch and Hall of Fame tour for a smaller kind of private event as well. So it's a full weekend, Father's Day weekend. The whole point is to bring families together to provide that experience, an epic environment, education, and a, a way to raise funds for the, the nonprofit. That That's amazing. Fantastic. Well, listeners, for more information about Justin, you can go to at Daddy Saturday and at Fatherhood Festival. And then please go to reserve your tickets at fatherhoodfestival.com. And that is taking place on June 17th through the 19th, right? That's right. Father's Day weekend, 2022. Best way to celebrate fatherhood. Oh, fantastic. Justin is going to be exhausted by the end of that weekend. (laughs) But what he's doing for fathers and families, Justin, hats off to you, sir. I mean, when you become a dad, when you become married, you don't have a clue. There's no instruction manual on how to be a dad or how to be a good husband. And so this is a great thing and great resource to help you. Just create moments with your kids. And you know what I love most of all is at the very beginning, you talked about, I was exhausted. Come Saturday, eight to 10 hours with my kids. Like, yes. I love my kids, but I am exhausted. I just want to like hang out. Everyone feels that way. And to hear that, like you're not alone, like, oh, well, he felt that way, but he still did this and he's being intentional with what he's doing. Yeah. I love that. Incredibly impressive. So mm-hmm. God bless you for that. We fully support what you're doing. And Hopefully, we'll get to meet you here when you're in Ohio. I would love that. We would absolutely love that. I would love that too. And thank you for all that you're doing and sharing these incredible stories. And I believe that everyone has a story worthy of telling and everyone has a story worthy of being published. It's just a matter of helping them get it out there. So thank you for what you're doing and bringing these amazing stories to light. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.